Welcome back. Stage nine, big drama in the Tour de France, Saint-Léonard de Noblat to Poitou-Dôme, 182.4 kilometers. That's uh, stage nine of the 2023 Tour de France. This is Tyler Yonke, Between Two Wheels podcast. We had drama. We had Canada. We had USA. We had other people with it. So there was a heartbreak today. Maybe you had heartbreak yesterday for Cavendish. I didn't have so much heartbreak. I had some heartbreak today, and we're going to get right to it. People, this is, a, this is an exciting stage. Hang on. Massive the number of people have been upgrading. Yes, there you go. You see the graceful limb that you were talking about before. The race we've got yet again, and a victor then goes victory to an American, Andy Hampton. The felt to go by. He looks at the Colombian rider. How are you doing? Straight past Santiago Patero, and he's coming up to Pantani. Armstrong is sort of the last few hundred meters as we come towards the finish of this monumental stage. And Armstrong, as we start to approach the line now, Pantani fits it deep and accelerates and over the line. He's going now to win stage number 15. Sepkus, an emotional finish from Durango in the USA. Sepkus wins. Dead man's party. That's right. That's how we're doing this one today. Uh, a dead man at the last 500 meters. We'll get into it. Welcome, everybody. So, pretty dramatic day. We have, um, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow's a rest day. Nine stages in, and this thing is a seesaw back and forth. This is one of the best opening tours de France I think we've seen in a long time. Look, we talked about the Giro. Um, there's some slow bake, but, you know, ended on a super high note. Like, Cavendish wins the last day, but before that, we had the the, the, the t- individual time trial, which was just fantastic. It's not what we have here, but we're starting out. This, this race is fantastic from the get-go, and we're going to get right into it. Um, let's go to the results from yesterday. I just thought we had, not the results, but actually the GC, so we just kind of have an idea. Uh, Vin, remember, Vindigo, he's in the lead by 25 seconds, 134 over Jai Henley, 330 over Rodriguez, and then you have Adam Yates, 340, we're going to just do top 10 here. Simon Yates, 401. David Gadu, 403. Roman Bardet, 443. So that's what you get. Pidcock down here in ninth at 443. And then Sepp Kuss, uh at, what, 528 for the uh, the top 10 here. And we talked about Mike Woods. And I said this was a, a good day for Mike Woods. 32nd place at 28 minutes back. He was he was up there to begin with. And um, and then and then kind of live with Tyler Young. Yeah, Victor, wait, thank you for joining again tonight. I uh, appreciate it. Um, and I'll let you guys have the day off tomorrow, which I will do as well. It's going to be a tough work week. So 
It'll be somewhat somewhat uh, interesting. Okay, so we we've talked about this stage. And I've been I've been kind of pointing to it because it's been fairly interesting. There's the profile. It's got some lumps in it, and I said, hey, you got Nilsson Palace that might be able to go out there and get some uh, the KOM stuff early in a break. I did also say Mike Woods. I thought that was a great thing, and then you know obviously the Jumbo and the Pogachar, they all want to get stage wins. So with all that in mind, um, let's uh, let's jump right to the. The Puita Dome and the eruptions. It's an it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area. I mean, look at this out here. It's a, a just a, a wonderful scenery, uh, and this road comes up and then it just it's super steep, but it just it circle corkscrews its way all the way around, kind of a straight road that just slowly bends, slowly bends, uh, and it doesn't look all that bad there. But man, it gets really tough at the top, and so it was going to be tough. Uh, I guess Roman Polidor, which was the what the grandfather of. Um, Matthew Vanderpool, he was a French grandfather. He had died, and this is an area where he had, had lived, so they had commemorated that a bit. Uh, and then, you know, it, I guess it was really hot as well. So there's there's Matthew Vanderpool getting some sort of award for his grandfather. There's all the, the, the main rivalries uh, we have there. There's the race going to the east, this time from saint Leonard de Noblat to... Dome, which we've talked about uh, over and over and over. There's the, the stage profile. Right away, uh, you had Victor Campernart get up the road, starting a, a breakaway, and I think it was about 14, and they got established uh, quick and early. He had Nelson Palace in there, Mahe Mohoric, Berted for um, AG2R, Izagiri, Mateo Jorgensen. Uh, maybe I'll go through and say Litsenko, Mike Woods, Bovon, Campernart, De La Cruz. Um, who else do you have in there? Latour, we, uh, Abrahamson. Uh, Brigado, Grigode, Abramson. Um, who else did we get there? And that, I think that was it. Uh, a few few other guys were trying to jump up in the break, but for the most part, that's what it was. And they got a, a huge break. Uh, I guess Skimmels and Betty Bert- all were going at it. These guys come over to get the sprints point, and one point was left for Philipson. Uh, all the way, the KOMs were being taken uh, hand in hand by uh, uh, Nelson Palace. So he was adding to his Palmers today of at least the KOM points. Socking those in and look. So the the spray goes up the road. They have what here, twelve minutes or so, and then they start fighting at each other. Boy Vaughn. Oh, so there's there's a few teammates in here, right? Yeah. And look, I'm watching this. I come to the couch. Um, I have about you know seventy kilometers or so, or even more. I'm watching this. And then I see this break here, and then I see that the break is going to stay away. And so I start to assess who's in there and move. And look, all things being um, equal, Mike Woods is going to be the climber. And then, you know, like Tour of Oman, you had Jorgensen. We've talked about this. Jorgensen wins the Tour of Oman. He gets fourth in one of the classics there, uh, coming in right behind Pogacar. And, um, but he didn't look so good in the Dauphiné. He's looked good in a few other Pyrenees. I think it was another one he did well fourth, I think I want to say on there. But um, it, but then the Dauphiné, coming in the tour, he just wasn't, wasn't quite right. And otherwise, I'd say maybe he was going to be actually better climbing than Mike Woods. <clears throat> but it just, and then you got Nelson Palace, who can climb very well. But this tour, he's too, too active. Lutsenko, he's a guy that came in with high hopes for Astana. Uh, he dropped out of contention right away. And so I just he's not quite on there as well. And then Mike Woods started out rock solid in the Pyrenees in those steep stages. He was up there, and that's that's his his ball game. What uh Liege Bastion Liege, he's he's podiumed in, he's won stages in the Vuelta, uh world championships to Alejandro Valverde, who was what third, I think, in that one, uh in there in Norway. So uh, the guy can obviously go uphill. And if things are going right, he's a, he's the guy to look at. And the Berthead or Berthe, 
um, for AG2R, he did a real good move the other day for Felix Gall. And so you've got to kind of watch him as well. That was my, my thinking here. Well, so the, the break is going to make it. So at this point, they start fighting. And um, there's some moves going up the road. Things are getting pulled back. Riders are trying to have to, to, to fill things out. And Mateo Jorgensen at 47.6 kilometers. And boy, if he had just maybe held on to 47 kilometers, another 500 meters. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, he, he breaks away and immediately starts to get up the road. Matter of fact, he gets uh, 30 seconds quite quickly. And then you have another little break of guys that tried to go up after him. You've got De La Cruz, Nelson Paulus, Latour, um, Horich, and then De La Cruz had a, a mechanical. So he kind of, there you go. He pops out of this. And these guys uh, then, they were like 25, 30 seconds. And then you have the main group with Woods, and they're like a minute 12. And that gap starts to grow more and more. And by the time they're hitting uh, the bottom of the climb, by the way, as they're coming up to the last 40 kilometers, it is, it's pitching. These guys are coming off of this little group here. It looks pretty tough. But, um, Mateo Jorgensen is coming into this thing with about a minute lead over Nilsson Palace's little group with Mahoric and uh, Pierre Latour. Now, Pierre Latour is another one that can go uphill, but you don't always know how these guys are going to go. So being in the break, you would say typically he's not the best, but there you go. So there's like a minute about from Jorgensen has a lead over the Nilsson Palace group, and he keeps stringing this thing out, and those guys are going hard. And then you've got almost another 45 seconds or so back to the Mike Woods. Almost another minute. It was almost Jorgensen, a minute to Palace, and then a minute back to Mike Woods. And I, I, I'm i texting with the Chris and Kurt and, some, and uh, Matt Tufts and, and just saying some things. And I'm just like, I, I mean, what? first of all, Jorgensen is, is all him. So he's all in. He's burning the most energy. Then you got the next group, even though Palace and Mahorek were kind of dicking around and, and uh, squirting back and forth. They were at least able to sit on a bit, and then they're not obviously going quite as hard because they're losing about a minute here. And then there's the Mike Woods group. I know they're not showing him, but I'm like, he could just be, and he could just be chilling in that group. And and I'm like, that is still a big concern for me. And um, 14 kilometers. Here you go. It's a minute. There's Puy de Dome. Uh, meanwhile, back in the main chase group, uh, Jumbo starting to, to, to ramp things up. Jai Hindley's group's up there. Pagacar's group's up there. And it's a hot one. They're sweating their balls off. Uh, uh, Sepkus is back a little ways, and he easily moves up. And it just it's just a little bit different slide because it's just all the way into this area. It's just, it just looks like a slow, slow uh, climbing, uh, up and down, pitchy stuff. Um, 3.1, the last four kilometers when it starts to get a little sketchy. And... Look at this. 3.1. Mahoric starts to drop uh, Nilsson Palace along with Pierre Latour. And they've got 122 to uh, Jorgensen. Okay. It's 204 back. But you can see in the background already is Mike Woods at 3.1. And you're like, oh, my. He's not he's not considered on this little uh, template up here. Uh, there's no way that's 204 back to him. He's just a few seconds, you know, maybe 15 seconds back. Uh, from these guys, and they're 122, and he is coming on. And so Mahorik, by the way, looked really strong, started dropping these guys with no problem. But then here comes Mike Woods, just rockets himself with 2.6 to go uh, for uh, Jorgensen, rockets himself past Latour, and then he's on the way. And, man, that was a slow. I'm watching this, and I, I wish I could just fast-forward the TV a bit because – Jorgensen is just slow and slowing and slowing down. And it's like 1.2. Come on, come on. 1.1. 1.0. And 
then Mike Woods has him in sight. And at this point, you could just even see the pedaling style. He dro- he catches him with 450 to go. And that last little ramp is super steep. And, and Jorgensen has nothing to, uh, in the tank here. Mike Woods comes up and over the top. What an amazing uh, stage to win. He gets the stage win. Uh, Jorgensen himself almost falls, it looks like here. And you can see Pierre Latour ends up coming past Jorgensen. Jorgensen does finally crest the final top. And then Mahorik takes him uh, right on the line. And he was just nothing left in the tank. Meanwhile, back down the hill we go. And um, Sepkus and Kelderman. Kelderman had the race first. Then Sepkus is in there. And then Sep is just kind of slowing things down. And when he does, Pidcock comes up there. Yates is up there. Rodriguez is up there. Vinigo and obviously Pogacar, and then there's Pidcock takes a little advantage, uh, jump. Uh, Yates takes one jump. Yates takes another one, Simon that is. And then finally at the 1.5 to go here is when um, Pogacar puts it down. Okay, now immediately um, Vingo is able to jump on the wheel here, but slowly and surely the rubber band starts to snap. And when that happens, it's just ever so slight. It's just ever so slight that he just, uh, Vinigo can't quite, it's almost there. He starts to claw back. He's not quite getting it there. And then in the end, it's really a mind F by uh, Pogacar because he gets him by eight seconds. Um, And and at some point it looks like uh, he's probably got more than eight seconds. So it's a good battle between these two, really digging deep, but, you know, comes over the top, doesn't even see him here, uh, Pogacar. And then here's Vinigo and he does close it down, loses eight seconds, eight seconds on this climb. Not so bad. It was a great battle. It was fun to watch. Uh, really good. And now Rodriguez comes in, um, Pidcock comes in. Now Pidcock, this is a little odd here. Why are you leaving your team leader? You're at outside the top 10. We just already went through that. And um, your Rodriguez is, is the guy that's a little bit closer here. And you're trying to sprint around um, Adam or Simon Yates and you're dropping your, your team leader here. You should not be doing that. doesn't make any sense at all. Pitcock uh, obviously felt good, uh, but he puts uh, <laughs> put some seconds into Rodriguez. Right behind him, here comes Adam Yates and then um, uh, Jai Hindley. And then right behind Jai Hindley, and, and that was uh, Sepp Kuss. There you go. Mike Woods gets the wink, gets the win. Uh, De La Cruz, he was another guy that was a little, could be um, concerning as far as on this, but he had a mechanical uh, so there you go. Nelson Palace still gets some KOM jersey uh, points. Um, Woods, 28 over Latour, 35 over Mahorik, uh, 36 over Jorgensen. Just heartbreak for him to be so close to get the win. Uh, so I thought I, at one point, uh, I would, I, I've honestly, with about 5K to go there, I'm like, I have all these worries that I just pointed out and the concerns because the real dangerous climber is Mike Woods in this whole scheme. And he played it the smartest didn't you know explode himself up uh but i'm like we could go one two being the u.s you could get more uh jorgensen at walnut creek boy here in california nielsen palace roseville boy here you could get those one two in the end it ended up being a four and a six um close close um okay uh brian says pog doesn't often show pain faces but he had a good one today 30 plus minute climb is stretching his wheelhouse very true um but he timed it just right. And that one last 1.5 kilometers was, uh, I'll, I'll get to the KOM stuff. Uh, Brian wants to know what the KOM jersey rankings are. We'll get to that. Uh, uh, I think it's 46 to 28 or something around that for, for um, uh, Nelson Palace. Uh, but you're right. And, and Vinigo says the, the, the Alps race, uh, climbs are going to be much more to his liking. This is a long one. Should have been good for Vinigo. But, I mean, 
you know, maybe that broken wrist, getting some rest coming in just a little undercooked for Pogacar is going to be uh, exactly what he needs. I'm loving the fact that this is close. It wasn't a blowout one way or another. All it does is keep shrinking things down. Uh, it's getting it more and more exciting as the days go on. So Mike Woods, uh, very impressive. What is he, 36? Very impressive win on the day. I'd like to see the times up there to see how fast he went compared to everyone else. But it goes in the lead by 17. So you got a little Roman Bardet had a bad day in the, 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 base, base, uh, the race, basically, I think at the bottom of the hills where he lives. Uh, so it's not such a good day for him. But Sepp Kusum is up into ninth place. Look at that Pidcock. He's up there. Uh, Rodriguez. And once again, why are you leaving your, your main guy on the day there? Um, then you have a rest day. And then we're going to do some things. This, look, this next day here looks just like made for a breakaway. Um, there you go. There's GCN. So watch it on GCN if you need to. Uh, KOM. Let's get let's get to uh, all the results we can. Um, let's go to the, what's called the complementary results. Uh, these are the sprints on the day. I don't know if you really care about those. Uh, Phillipson got one point from coming from the, the pack there. He broke out. Palace wins one point for the first KOM, one point for the second KOM, one point for the third KOM. Uh, and then the final one, he gets what six. And I think for the finishing, you also get some more points. So he got another 15 points there. Um, Mateo Jorgensen gets the most combative rider. That's good for him. Um, and then, uh, Jorgensen also on the youth classification day team rank, uh, Astana up in there. So let's go to the results for the day. And like I said, Mike Woods there. Let's go to the KOM since you asked. Nilsen, yeah, there you go. 46 to 28. He'll hold that for, and we'll go through some of those climbs here coming up. He'll hold that for a while. Uh, I don't think Felix Gall has gotten anything for quite some time. Um, there you go. So two places, Pidcock moves up. Once again, I don't know why he was leaving his team leader at the finish. I know it's super steep and all, but you do what you can to just uh, guide him in. Uh, Sepp Koos moves up, Pitcock up to David Gaudu moves down one. He had a little bit of a bad day, 601. Uh, and Roman Bardet moves down two. He's at 658. Um, Mike Woods moves up the bunch, um, as did Palace et al. Um, okay, I thought we would also take a quick look here at the some some info about the Puy de Dome, which I learned today. It was uh, quite interesting. Um, one, I didn't know, I thought it was only back in the sixties with, uh, jockey, Jacques Cantil and then the 74, but no, they've done it like 15 times in the tour de France. And you can see the different times they used to have a race called Puy de Dome, uh, back in 1952. And then that's when they first did it in the tour de France. Fausto Coppi was the winner. Bohemantes in 59, uh, Julia Jimenez in 64, Felice Giamondi in 67, Pierre Maltagon in 50, uh, 69, um, then they did a race to Puy de Dome again, the Tour de France, Luisa Cagna. Then they did the Astel de Sport. That's the, the junior race. There's another one here. Let's go back to the Tour. 73, Ocagna. Lucien Van Imp in 75. That's the time when uh, Eddie Marks, I think, got punched in the kidney. Jupe um, Zutemelk in 76. Now, look at this. This is so fascinating. Jupe Zutemelk in 76. Uh, him, he also wins again in 78. This guy was like perennial second place. Uh, Angel Herrera in 83 and then 86 Jupiter Milk was also up there on the top. Uh, he didn't win that day. Uh, Eric Mackler did, but 86 was, uh, and I, I dug into this a little bit more today. Um, and Oh, Victor says uh, Cavendish announced his retirement. Okay. Well, uh, good for Cav. It makes some, some sense at least. Um, in 1986, we all know that one for the cannibal. It's our, 
it's the Greg LeMond, I'm uh, not the cannibal, the, um, the badger, I guess, you know, it, the big battle with, uh, my, uh, Bernardino and, and Greg LeMond, uh, the battle back and forth in the team, the whole thing that, that one, by the way, 23 stages that year, they, they had accused in 1985, they said that that race was too easy. So the, um, organizers said, well, we'll show you. And then they obliterated everyone in 1986. That's the one that Greg Luan ends up winning. But stage 21 out of 23, so 23 stages, by the way, no rest. I think they had one rest day and they started early and ended late. Um, and they also started late to accommodate, I think, the Olympics as well. Uh, but th they come up to this one with stage 21. And then the last two days, you think, okay, then they put it on. It's, it's days not over. Everyone had already pretty much conceded. So this was <clears throat> almost a boring race back in 1986. And I, I watched a, a video of it today. Uh, Andy Hampson actually gets uh, moves up a bit. Um, he does pretty good on the day. Zutemilk uh, as well. And like I said, Eric Mackler won. Kind of like today where you get a big breakaway. Andy Hampson, uh, Greg Lamont didn't try at all to do anything with Bernard. You know, I think he put a minute on him. But uh, it's just interesting that you have a day that's so steep and could be very decisive. You can lose minutes on that. Uh, and they kind of all conceded. Um, uh, Johnny Welts in 88, that's the last time they had gone up here. And then today, Mike Woods. Um, Punch in the liver, 1975. Copy overtakes Knowlton just before the Puy de Dome summit in 1952. Those are some uh, some important facts they said there. Um, I thought it was a, a really fascinating um, kind of stage to have today. Uh, just the, the the view of it. The fact that it was it also, you know, I, for me, I like the th situation where you have... Um, the kind of two races in one where, you know, for the most part we had, um, let's go up to these rules. Uh, let's actually want to look at some of these. Uh, there we go. Mikhail Jorgensen. Um, I actually also, I, I just like to see where you almost have two races in one where you can watch the break and it was fantastic. I mean, uh, the, the silence at the line was weird. Yeah. Cause they weren't letting anybody, you know, for the last what four kilometers up the finish and i wonder if that has anything to do with like how jorgensen might have raced any differently had there been uh, a crowd up there let's see what he says here because he says uh mental battle as he came cl comes close to two different americans uh, most movie stars american went into the bottom of the mythical climb alone but ended up finishing fourth um Last time it was up there was da 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 da. However, despite a time gap of chasers going into the final climb on stage nine, the movie star rider had his heart broken, as he was first caught by Mike Woods, then Pierre Latour, then Mahan Mahorik. Woods went into the win. There was no podium finish for the 24-year-old. Just a consolation combativity award, gold numbers on Tuesday night. Tuesday might not salve those wounds. Quote: I started to feel empty with one kilometer to go, and you could you could see it. And then before I knew it, Mike was there passing me. Uh, I, it was a surprise, but there was absolutely nothing I could do. He attacked at 40 kilometers to go. Actually, it was 47. Um, I had to play my hand a little early, he said. I knew if I was in that group, I wouldn't be able to match uh, Woods and Nielsen Palace. So I knew I had to get away in a small group or solo. I ended up going solo. So from there, I went all in. In the end, you just have to hope that behind they blow up or whatever because a minute at the bottom of that climb wasn't quite enough. The American was one of uh, the first one on the climb, the first to experience racing on the road since 1988 tour with no fans allowed the last 4.2 kilometers to go. Mark, it was a tough ride. It made it even more silent by the fact that his radio didn't work. Oh, that's uh that's uh that's a bummer. Uh, it was way harder having no people 
and it made it absolutely a mental battle. He said, and having no information, you're just there suffering, suffering. And in the end, you felt like you were on a training ride because you are so quiet. It was a weird atmosphere. The radio didn't work the whole climb. Jorgensen continued, as soon as we started around the corner of the mountain, the cars were at the bottom and I didn't have any radio. So the only time gap I had was the moto. He was telling me a minute, then 40 seconds, then 35. And 35 was the last one I got with one kilometer to go, which was close. Uh, with one kilometer, he was it, it was right in that area, and then it just collapsed. Despite the heartbreak of watching his debut tour slip through his fingers, Jorgensen was happy, made the effort another day. It might have paid off. He certainly uh, went to watch as the race goes on. I had to play my hand and go early. He said, I am happy with the risk I took. I, it, it could have paid off. Today, uh, they were too strong. It was so steep, and we were going so slow. <laughs> he, Woods, just had better legs. At that point, I was completely, completely empty. I was close, but chapeau to Mike. 500 meters at 12% is something difficult. I had good legs. That's a positive sign. There are plenty of opportunities. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer for him for sure, but it's it's what it is. Last thing I'll take a look at here is uh, Kevin Vermark, um, uh, unfinished business. Maybe we'll bring this one up, and then we'll then we'll be done. Just go through a few little articles. Um, he says, oh, and and by the way, uh, we'll, we'll get to to the Americans real quick. Uh, Quinn Simmons dropped out. He DNS today. He had had that wreck uh, the other day. He matter of fact, he was right next to and right behind um, Mark Cavendish when it happened yesterday. So I would be interested to see if he had any thoughts on that. Um, uh, Kevin Marcus said, I think I took a big step up after racing the tour last year. Obviously, the debut at the tour was a really big deal for me. Even though I didn't finish, I gained a lot of confidence. Um, he is from Thousand Oaks, California. Uh, the whole winter, I was just training, thinking that, about this race and thinking about coming back here. It's the best possible shape, and I think I'm able to do that pretty well. Um, yeah, he had a wreck last year. I don't think you've got to be smart here. Everyone wants to win a stage, and if you're too desperate for it, then it's not going to come to you. So just gamble a little bit, trust the legs, trust the instinct, and try to race smart. At <clears throat> uh, at the summer and the tour, it only takes one day to change the whole season. That's why I'm chasing it. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, and what I kind of the point of that one, and then we'll do one more thing here and then end out. Uh, what I, was my kind of my point on that one was that um, you you saw Roman Bardet is slipping down further and further, and when that happens, much like Mattel Jorgensen, I think you're going to get more and more chances for some of these other guys to to fly the flag. So Mateo Jorgensen has been able to do that because Enric Moss crashed out in stage one. I think you're going to get Kevin Vermaka maybe a chance to start doing that because Roman Bardet is slipping out and there's some great opportunities. And DSM needs some results. Okay, uh, uh, Nelson Palace has been. In, let's just go up here to the uh, the nations. Let's just focus on the Americans real quick. Nelson Palace has been flying the flag. Obviously, Sepp Kuss is doing it. You know. Uh, you can tell Jorgensen, he moves up 20 today. Kevin moves up 20 today, um, which he's a minute or uh, an hour 30 behind. Lawson Craddock, he did, he was up there in the final climb for uh, Simon for a while. Um, and then um, as far as the stage goes, uh, Quinn Simmons was a DNS. He just had wrecked uh, a while ago. So he didn't have, uh, he wasn't had the ability to, to, to take this on. So Sepp Kuss is not going to get a chance to win a stage. Um, Nilsson Palace is going to keep continuing on. Um, obviously, Mateo uh, Jorgensen, great I, all day out there. That was a great, fantastic uh, 40, 40 some kilometers. Um, so, you know, as far as the Americans go, we may not get a win. This is probably our best chance. Brian says that uh, UAE had the whole day off except for Pog. Yeah. 
um, for the most part, yeah, they, they, they didn't really have to do much at all. And I haven't watched uh, Horner to see what tactical problems everyone had. I don't think, the, for, to be honest with you, I don't think there were, as far as the two top teams, there were tactical problems to be had. Um, I think Jonas did fine. I don't know. Do you have to do what you did there? Probably. It's perfectly fine to, I didn't have a problem with what Sepp Kuss did leading them in. I mean, you saw at the end there, you know, Jonas is so close to being just fine. And really did, uh, Sepp Kuss didn't put the hammer down to the point where he destroyed his own team or, I mean, teammate uh, Jonas. Um, but he didn't really destroy that field either. So there was some some weirdness with that part. Um it's for the most part, it's just, it's battle of battle, mano, mano on the last bit. And you just, you let those guys uh, go at it. Um, okay. So that was today's stage. We're going to get a rest day tomorrow. Then stage 10, we start heading over towards <clears throat> closer to the Alps. This is, looks like a, a perfect breakaway day. Are we going to see Nelson Palace once again? He doesn't, so whoever gets all these KOM points, they, they're not going to come close to him so maybe the eventual winner of the KOM jersey if it's not him might be so I don't know the heat he, maybe Nelson I'm just saying you have a rest day tomorrow maybe take another one on Tuesday but this to me looks like a prime breakaway day uh, for somebody maybe Kevin maybe some of these other ones uh, De La Cruz and some of these other guys that had a chance or that still may uh, want a chance uh, stage 11 we just walk through the week here once again Cat four climbs, you get what one point. That's the deal. So I think cat fours are like usually one point, um, and I think uh, cat threes or maybe three and one. So not not a lot of points that you're going to be getting for these anyway. So uh, once again, this is another breakaway day or possibly a sprinter's day. Look for Phillips and we go there. Stage twelve, a uh, little bit more. So you got a three and a two. This is I would say Nelson. Maybe take the next two days or you know take Monday off. Obviously it's a rest day. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then maybe Thursday, you try for this because there's some more points that are a little bit more significant and maybe have a better chance at uh, collecting the big cat two points there, two of them at the end. But then we have the Grand Galibier with the HC. This is um, a short stage. It's going to be fireworks. Um, I think you're going to have guys trying to get the break to go up there. And it, and it's, I think it's just going to be too short. So it might be just a, a quick run to the line of the bottom of the climb. And you've got what here? 17.8 kilometers at 7%. So uh, we're looking at for some mightiness. And then 14, uh, you're really getting into the, the Juplan, uh, like we said. And um, 14 and then 15. I don't know what day we're on here, but the um, Saint-Gervais Mont Blanc. So Croix de Fleur, what else do we have? I don't really uh, recognize any of those other ones. So um, there we go. I mean, come on, you know, enjoy your, enjoy your, um, your rest day. That's what I'll say. And then who is going to make it the next one? I, what are we going to have for this next week? Um, I think that it, like, it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the first nine days have been fantastic. The TT Brian is actually, oh, what do you have this stage 15? I think it's stage 16. Uh, it's the only time trial we have. Um, and it is 22.4 kilometers, a bit of a climb up the end, but for me, it's, well, it says 2.8 at 8.5. So is this uh, kind of a repeat of what we had at the Giro? I'll do a comparison of those and do a little breakdown. Um, so I'm not sure which day it is. It's stage 16. It's probably getting close to maybe the next Tuesday. Um, I'll look at that and we'll have a little bit of a better breakdown of that one. So anyway, um, take the day off. And everybody enjoy on Monday. And then Tuesday, we'll come back here and we'll do some predictions. I say a breakaway is going to happen. You're not going to see much action until about Wednesday or Thursday from the GC guys. 
uh, and uh, hopefully no one makes some stupid mistakes. Other than that, everybody, I hope you have a, a good week.